quiet in the court. Let there be quiet in the court. You can't handle the truth. All right, now you're all fired up about Costa Rica, and I got no chance. Who can follow Don? I say we write a whole new Bible, Wycliffe translation of Don. I, Don, whatever you say is just cool. You know what I'm saying? I've been translating Don for six months, and I still don't know what he's saying, but he's cool, you know? He's a pirate, and he takes every normal word, and he adds R to it. Literally, R. Did you get that? R, Costa Rica, R. I mean, all right, too complex. I am so glad to be here this morning. I am Pastor Jeff Lee, and these are very complex stickers because they literally stick for 10 minutes, and then they disintegrate. And so we spent a lot of money on these for you, and I just want to let you guys know that I go through the stickers every week, and on Monday morning, I go through the stickers again. So if you don't take your sticker, shame on you, because they only stick for 10 minutes. So can't you please wear your sticker for 10 minutes? I mean, what is the problem? I have to then figure out which one of you is here. So I've only been here six months, and I now know like 90% of the church. So thank you for putting that responsibility. But I pray for you guys, and then I call you, and you're like, I was here. I just didn't take my sticker. Some, some of you, staff people, don't take their stickers. Some pastors don't take their stickers. I mean, if the sticker fits, wear it, brother. That's all I'm saying. Not everybody knows who you are. But I'm one of those guys who loves names. And I don't like last names. It really throws me off. But I think, you know, I love names. And I want to know you. And, and we need to be known. So um, if I don't know your name, uh, I'm sorry. But I would love to know your name. And it's been a pleasure being here. And sooner or later, the whole you're new and it kind of goes away. But it's fun to kind of introduce myself but what's been fun is to introduce people that have been here for like seven and ten years to other people that have been here for seven and ten years. <laughs> that seems a little embarrassing for some of you guys. You may, so left side, you may want to talk to the right side during meet and greet. Right side, you may actually want to travel the 20 yards to the left side and meet some of you because I, I, I've been in seeing some of you introduce each other like, hello, and they're like, so nice to meet you. Like, no, I've been here ten years. And so just... Food for thought from a new person who's not that new anymore. But anyways, um, my name is Pastor Jeff, obviously, and I am so blessed to be here. I get to hang out with a lot of the small group leaders and the young adults on uh, Monday nights, and we will actually be meeting with the young adults. So if you know any young adults in your life, 18 to 28, and they're looking for a place to hang out, you can send them uh, across the street to the living room, family room, faith cafe, or whatever you call it. We will be there. Um, tomorrow night, and we would love to hang out with them. God is blessing us, and uh, we get to do ministry with them. We're in part two of the series, uh, Spiritual Practices, and today I am blessed to share with you something that I am absolutely struggling with, and it's quiet time with God. Now, I know last week Eric told you guys to slow down, walk slower, drive slower, had the audacity to tell you to chew slower. And let's just be honest, how many of you woke up late, chewed, if you chewed at all, gulped, and then drove fast to church today? Come on. It didn't work. A week late. Yeah. A week late. I mean, these things are so basic. They seem so rudimentary. But for me, this whole message 
has been so hard. And so I literally have chosen one verse and eight words. And as Eric loves to say, I have camped on these simple words for two weeks and I am under total conviction. I do not have quiet time with the Lord. So what I'm about to share with you today is from a very personal place because if it wasn't for fishing in my life, I don't have quiet time. So with that in mind, um, I just want to tell you all thank you for being here today. I know it's a struggle every time just coming to church, right? There's always the struggle just to make it here. Lots of noise, lots of distraction in the world. The world's vying for our time and energies. So let me just pray and pray that the Lord would be with us. We are going to camp on the verse, and it's from Psalm. So thank you, Wycliffe, for translating. We're going to camp on Psalm 46. If you guys are wanting to put a psalm in your house or in a postcard, Psalm 46 starts off with, The Lord is our refuge and our strength, and it concludes that the Lord is almighty. But for us, we'll work on these eight words. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We're just going to start with that. We're going to sit with that. And we're going to just spend the morning with that. Let me pray. Father in heaven, I am so privileged to share this simple message because I know for me this week, simple, powerful, and strong are the words of Scripture. When the Spirit breathes uh, the life into them. And I know for me, quiet time with you is a uh, it's been a real struggle, and the world has lots of different things to say and, and lots of different ways to vie for our time. So I pray that this morning, uh, just the opportunity to come together corporately and sing and be together and see all the wonderful things that are going on, as wonderful as they are, they can truly be a distraction from just realizing that we need quiet time for you. And maybe we're here this morning and we're a believer and we're in a good place, and so we can just have quiet time this morning to just send praise up to you and be grateful for what you're doing and maybe we're here this morning and we don't even know that your son died for us and we need to just have quiet time to to put in perspective that eternal view of life and death father whatever it is quiet time provides those wonderful moments and we're going to see that jesus knew quiet time and the value of that so as we spend time with you this morning we pray that the spirit would spend time with us and you would provide in this simple message father the strength required so that it goes out through our small groups and it goes out throughout the rest of the week that we could, as we spoke of last week, remove the yoke of the world and take on your yoke and see that it is light and we could find quiet time with you to be the great value and significance that it is. We ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. So like I said last Sunday, we were supposed to be taking off the yoke of the world and putting on the yoke of Christ. We're supposed to be realizing that the yoke of the world is is actually on us and we don't even realize it. So we've been burdened down with so much. And because of that, Eric said, hey, take that off, put on the yoke of the world and slow down. And I know that for me, it just felt impossible. I mean, I knew the message was coming up and I knew that I had to spend time alone with it. But I just kept telling myself, you know, when's the last time you actually stopped? It just seems like the world has been getting louder and louder and louder. And so I was dreading kind of just telling you, I have to share with you guys something that I know for myself. I'm asking, when's the actual last time I scheduled quiet time with the Lord? And the reality for me is I can't even schedule quiet time with the Lord. I had to think about it. When I was a kid, um, I used to get in trouble and I used to get this thing called timeout. Now, I know we don't kind of use that anymore, but boy, I wish I could have timeout now. Because when I was a kid, I'd get in trouble and my mom would send me to a corner and uh, I'd have to spend five minutes, and some of you guys are like, remember that, and I'd have to spend five minutes alone in that corner with no noise and no nothing, and my nose pointed in the corner, and if I talked while I was in the corner, my mom would add time. Any of you remember this? And I remember, Randy, I remember mumbling in the corner, 
well, I don't deserve to be in this corner. You deserve to be in this corner. And she'd say, I heard that. And now it's 10 minutes, right? And just like that, the dreaded five minutes of silence that I couldn't even process as a small child, the value of that silence, now I'd be there for 10 minutes. And, and I would think about the whole world going by me, and I was just sitting in that corner, and, and I, it, would just, it was so painful as a small child to sit in that corner and just try to be alone. And I started thinking about it. Here I am, 52 years old, and I need quiet time. Man, what I wouldn't give for five minutes of just quiet time with the Lord right now. What a value that would be for me, and why couldn't I do that? So I was thinking, maybe I could talk to the young adults. Maybe they figured out something. Maybe they're more proficient at quiet time than I am, because I'm just not getting quiet time with the Lord. And so one of my young adults, Sarah, she shared with us at Monday night. She said, you know what, Pastor Jeff? I have this little carpet square, and I just lay it down in the middle of the floor, and then I just stare up at the roof, and I have quiet time with the Lord. And I was like, that is so simple and ethereal. Why can't I do that? Just get a carpet square, just lay it down, and boom, all of a sudden, like that quiet time. You know, the little lighthouse has the little pads, and they get to take a nap every day. And I was like, I'm going to go borrow one of those little pads and stick it in my office and I'm just going to, when I get stressed out and the world's going too fast, I'm just going to lay that bad boy down on the floor and I'm just going to, I need quiet time with you, Lord. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not going to work. People will think Pastor Jeff is tripping out if he's laying on one of the little lighthouse pads. I'm, I just need five minutes of quiet time. Why can't I schedule five minutes of quiet time? You know why? Because it's too important. I have things to do. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm busy. You know, I, people expect me to be busy. And so that's ridiculous. I have people waiting for me. I have things to do. And the truth of my life is, um, you know, I'm busy. And so the Lord Almighty might be a fortress, a God who protects me and loves me. And he, want me, he may want me to be still and know that. But right now, what I, I want him to know is I'm living the American dream. And the American dream says you have to be busy. And if you want to be busy, you're going to get everything you ever wanted. That's the way to do it. And to get everything you want means sacrifice. And sacrifice means if you're busy, then sacrifice will lead to that. And sacrifice ultimately will lead to achievement. And then I started thinking about how many of us are busy, how many of us are sacrificing, and how many of us are not achieving anything. I mean, you can be really busy and and sacrificing a lot of things, and that doesn't guarantee achievement. So so where did we sign up for that? That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says in this life you will have tribulation. So I started feeling like, okay, maybe I signed up for the wrong program. Maybe I signed up for the American Society of Mental Health Studies. And maybe what I've signed up for is something that the Lord doesn't necessarily want me to have, but I believe, I believe in it, and I believe in it wholeheartedly. Clearly I've lost the balance between what the Lord wants me to have and what I have. And to quote a song that kind of reminds me of my state, I feel like I'm free-fallen. You know, I'm, I'm free-fallen between what I think the Lord would have me to, to do and what I think I'm supposed to be doing, and yet I'm stuck. I can't even find this time to stop, Lord, and say, I feel like this yoke is on me. Okay, Eric, I get that. This yoke is on me. And I'm really busy, and I'm doing a lot of really good things. And people acknowledge me, and they say, Pastor Jeff, you're doing a lot of really good things, but... But when I get to my office and I'm like, Jeff, just shut it down, man. You need to be alone with the Lord right now. I just can't. I just feel like you just can't do that. And the reality is we, we've all lost the ability to engage. There's something that's actually creeped into all of our lives in some way, in some, some shape, in some form. Something has actually creeped into all of our lives that's engaging us in such a way that it owns most of us. Maybe you didn't realize it, but up to 100 times a day, 
the average person is engaged with something 100 times a day. For some of you, the average person is engaged with this 1,000 times a day. And for a very small percentage, about 10% of the population, 5,000 times a day, you're engaged with this. And it is speaking to you loudly and clearly. And it is saying, come to me. I have something to tell you. I'm going to keep you distracted, Mary and Martha. The world is now at your fingertips. And I realized something, you know, I have three emails now so that I could be more proficient because one isn't enough. And with all the push notifications that I have, I feel really excited every time my phone rings and someone's sending me something. But the reality is I don't have time to pray for people. I don't have time to go visit somebody who literally is at the end of our parking lot and two houses to the left. I've only been able to visit Terry and Linda twice since I've been here in six months because I'm so busy. How busy are you, pastor, that you can't go two blocks away? I don't know, but it feels like I'm really busy. And so I have to ask myself, Jeff, that's a source of information in your life. And 100, 1,000, or 5,000 times a day, why are you so busy with it? Because if I stop doing one thing, you know what people think? You must be lazy. Are you lazy? You can only do one thing at a time? Did you hear Eric, Eric says a lot of profound things, but did you hear him say last week we're like a rock skipping from thing to thing to thing, never stopping and settling in. That was profound. That really bothered me because you know what? That's exactly what the world wants us to do. Don't stop and engage someone. Don't stop and talk to someone. Don't stop and be involved with something. Just move from thing to thing to thing because you never have to stop and deal with anything. And there's so many things to engage in, you're going to constantly be bouncing off the top of everything in your life. We need multiple tabs open. How dare you only have one tab open? What, are you weak? Get some tabs open. Let's go. Let's show me you can do something. And then we do the same thing spiritually, right? How dare we shut it all down and go over one prayer? I really appreciated Russell's taking time with the church to go over liturgical prayers and just reading a prayer and letting just contemplating and spending time to just think about the value of a prayer or a hymn. You know, we're too busy to go and look back at some of the things that have been such a value to the church. There's too many new things out there. We have to go. You know what? I just found this slide last night. Once again, my brother Eric, Mr. Meme of all memes, sent me this slide. Can you play this silly little slide? You know what? I was fishing on the pier yesterday and I saw a whale go by while I was fishing on the pier. And I literally came unglued because I haven't seen a whale off the pier ever in my life, right? And then Eric sent me this and he goes, I, thought, I saw your message and I was thinking about you. I have the perfect title for this blog. This young man's obviously blogging. And his blog reads, Went whale watching, saw no whales. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, think about that. We are so busy, Mary and Martha. We are so busy doing church and doing life that life is right next to the boat. The need is right next to the church. We we don't even see it. How can you be still and know that He is God when you have something 
You say, well, this, I'm not venerating my phone, Pastor Jeff, but whatever you spend your time and your energy with, wherever you spend your coins with, right? That becomes what? Right. It's hard. I know that's hard to say when it's you saying that, but whatever you spend your time and energy with is where your heart is. And this thing has become so important to us. It's like, it's distracted us to everything around us. And, we, you know, are you lazy? You know what? You need to find out what your friends are wearing, Kelly. You need to find out, Jeannie, what your friends are eating. And, and you better find out where your friends are going to dinner. It tells us that we need to do that. It doesn't say why we need to do that. It just tells you to go find out what they're doing. Gossip. It's not nothing new. It just tells you go find out why. A little research I was doing and I found out something. Social media was designed by the same people who built the Las Vegas gaming empire. And because of that, for your notes, it says, so that it stimulates your brain and creates a desire for it. Did you know that? Wouldn't it be easy if the devil would just show up at your house and say, hey, I'm the devil. And I just want to let you know, this is how I'm going to destroy your life. You don't know it today, but the stress level of your day today is... Ibuprofen doesn't work anymore, so I'm going to give you a new medicine today that's going to help you, and you're going to feel better. But you don't realize five years from now you're going to be a junkie. You know what I'm saying? If, if you just show up and tell you today you're about to do the one thing that's going to be five years from now, how your life is... You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to be a junkie, or I'm going to be an alcoholic, or I'm, or I'm going to go throw my life away for a sexual encounter. I'm going to go throw my life away today. If you knew that, you probably wouldn't do that, Right? But if he can keep you distracted, you can't even think clearly to make a decision. It doesn't matter what the word of God says. It doesn't matter how simple or pure or clean or easy it is for us to understand it. If he keeps us distracted long enough, think about that. The devil knows he's lost. Do you know that? So he knows he's lost. So what else can he do? He can only distract us. And he's getting very proficient, very proficient. If he can stimulate your brain, a study was done years ago. Look it up. It's called Pavlov's dog, and it's called the law of conditioning. Ring a bell, salivate. You push notice, ding, and you salivate. You're like, oh, something's happening. got to see. i got to see. I could be talking to you about the greatest translation, and we're almost there. Ding, hold on one second. And just like that, I've lost you because there's some kind of update, and you got to see. And you're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's what happens every day. We're conditioned to run to that phone and get that stimulation. And God's saying, you know what? I want you to be stimulated by my word. I want you to be stimulated by spending time with me. I want you to open up your mind to hear from me again. I need you to hear me. When's the last time you heard me? The reality is, for some people, five hours a day can be spent on their phone, in their computers, where, once again, music speaks to me in a lot lot of ways. They have become comfortably numb to everything and everyone around them, and their world is literally self-indulgence. And their new slogan is, get all you can, can all you get, and keep all your cans. Me, me, me. What can I find out? What do I need to know? How can I self-indulge myself with more information? I don't care what God says about other people and the value other people may have to hold to Him. For me, it's me. And what I need is what I need. I need more information. I need more stuff. I need Amazon Prime. 
so that I can get my stuff even faster. That's what I need. I don't know what you need, but I need. And we self-indulge ourselves over and over and over again at the buffet of life. And the devil says, you know what? I got them so distracted, I got them right where I wanted. They They have the winning team, but none of them are even playing anymore. They're not even on the field. They're all at the snack bar. Right? doesn't matter what God has empowered us or given us the skills, talents, and abilities to do. We're not playing. The problem is, guys, is you can never get enough. It's not the kind of thing where you get enough. He is our refuge and our strength. He says, be still and think about that. We can't think about that. The result is overstimulation. Scientific study shows that overstimulation leads to your thoughts actually becoming fragmented and the more time you spend socially involved leads to depression and anxiety because you're comparing everything that the world has to everything that you don't have. And depression and anxiety set in, isolation and loneliness because you don't have what other people have, you don't dress how other people, you're not having all the selfies and all the locations that they're having and you no longer have the ability to communicate with other people and now slide two tells us that, you know what, the very simple bus station, the bus stop of life, looks like this. I took this on driving down the street about three months ago. Remember when people used to sit on a bench and talk to each other? This is the world that you live in now. Why would you talk to anyone around you when you have all the information that the world possibly could give you and you don't need to talk to anyone anymore about anything? Religion has nothing to do with it anymore, guys. Religion's out the window. This is its own form of religion. This has taken place of everything that you need. Everything you need is here. Why would you need a God to replace any of your wants, wishes, and desires when all you need is right here? And so three people who normally might have a conversation, there's no reason for anyone to interact or talk. And you know what they're finding out? An entire generation of people is losing the ability to talk face-to-face. The face-to-face conversation for millennials and for young people, especially in their interviewing skills, you'll see business owners, wait till you try to interview them. They are struggling in their interview skills because they cannot speak face-to-face anymore. That's not a skill set that they have anymore. How am I going to share my faith with someone like that? They don't even have five minutes for me to talk to them before they're in their phone. I have to learn how to meet them where they are. And that's why I'm so thankful we have a young adults ministry that is allowing us to speak to them. Relationship struggle, the noise continues. All these different anxiety-related disorders all started, interesting enough, when 2007 started. You know what happened in 2007? iPhone and the web introduced social media. Facebook Twitter, all that. Hurry sickness is alive and well, and we have it here today. Quiet time with the Lord has come at a serious cost. The cost is the Lord wants to speak, but no one's listening. You know what? It's time to stop the noise. And maybe for some of you that literally sounds impossible. And all you can think about is how good you are at going fast. So I want to authorize you something that you still can do fast. I would like to authorize you on behalf of the Lord to fast from your phone. 
You pray about the time needed for you to spend away from your phone. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's a week. Maybe for some of you it's longer. Because this little saying came to me as I asked the Lord for the opportunity to say, for me, it has to be okay to be okay with not knowing anything else because what I already know is enough. And now it's time that I go deeper with what I already know. I'll say that again. For me, it's okay to be okay to not know anything else. I need to start going deeper with what I already know. If that makes sense to you, then great. If it doesn't, then you need to pray about that because the reality is you can always know a little bit more. And that's not going to help you in life. It's time we go deeper with what we know, right? The demoniac one day was cutting himself, breaking chains, and screaming. And he knew nothing of the Lord except that he was in a place where he was completely antithesis of everything godly. Then one day he had an encounter with the living son of Christ. And, and he said, you know what? I want to jump on the boat and go with you. I'm with you. And you know what Christ told him? Stay and share what you know. It was sufficient. Sometimes we feel like we need to know more in order to be more. And what I've learned from the last two weeks of sitting on this message and being still with the Lord is I know enough. I need to make peace with what I know and I need to share that with the people around me. It's not always, there's always going to be someone who knows more than you. Is that okay? There's going to be people who know more. There's going to be people who talk better. There's going to be people who look better. There's going to be people who take selfies at nicer places. There's just going to be people like that. Let's just be the people that are happy, as the scripture says, where we are. Let's just be the people that have made peace where we are. And let's just be the people who share and love with the people that God has placed around us. Because people are dying and going to hell every single day because we're distracted. And we're on the winning team and we've forgotten that. Because it's too noisy around us. All right. That still sounds too simple. So let's try something profound. How profound, you say? When's the last time you sat in silence for one minute? Let's try it. crazy how a minute can seem like an hour, isn't it? Just one simple minute. And for some of you, you're probably thinking, if I got up and left right now, it'd be over. Because we're not even comfortable enough to sit in our own skin for one minute. Because we start thinking about things. And the Lord started exposing things to us that he's been trying to talk to us for a long time. 
But the truth is, as long as we're busy, as long as there's noise, we don't have to hear. For a lot of us, we don't want to hear. It's uncomfortable. I don't like silence. I am not a big fan of silence. Even when I've been fishing lately, I don't like silence. But I started thinking about that. If you don't check your phone, if you don't fill the void, how can you possibly hear from God? You know, God has been speaking from the beginning to people. Think about it. To Adam, he spoke audibly as he walked through the garden. Remember when Jesus was baptized? From heaven, he spoke from the clouds and he said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. How about Moses? He made consideration for him. Specifically, he said a, he said a bush burning with fire, yet the fire did not consume the bush And then, as he led the people, a thick cloud as he led all of Israel. But I think there's an account in the scripture, and we're going to learn even more from Eric coming up in a few weeks from Elijah. Elijah has one of the most amazing accounts in the scripture about how the Lord speaks. In 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13, it says, And he said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, And a great and strong wind tore through the mountains and broke it into pieces and the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in a cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of a cave. And behold, there a voice came to him and said, What are you doing, Elijah? So what does this tell us about God? He can and will speak to us whenever he wants. And he speaks in many different ways and many different times to his people in many different ways. But we, like a radio, have to be tuned in to him. And just like a radio, we have to be tuned out to everything else. You know, a radio's only value is when it's tuned in and tuned on. I was thinking about this, about Jesus, when it came to silence. The scripture tells us that he got up early in the morning to be alone and then went up a mountain to gain silence. That wasn't the only time. There's many different accounts that Jesus knew that quiet time with his father was not an option, but mandatory to his spiritual success. Think about all the different times that Jesus went out and sought silence prior to events. If you want to know just how significant it actually is, come back next week as Eric speaks on the difference between being alone and loneliness as Jesus discovered solitude with the Father. Quiet time is so important that a couple of weeks ago, Eric mentioned in a message about turning the radio off and allowing the Father to speak. That was actually a point that I was going to use in my message. When he mentioned that, someone in the audience actually heard him. And that someone might actually be here right now. And if he is, I'm going to ask my friend Eric to come on up 
and hopefully this mic will be on and we won't destroy ourselves. We didn't plan for this, guys, but we'll, we'll, we'll ad-lib it and we'll try this. This go green to try this. See this one works? Try that bad boy. Hello. Is that not working? Not working. Okay. No. Hold on. Pete will help us. I don't need a microphone. We'll, we'll give him one second. All right. This is Eric Lowe, and he's going to share with you a testimony about what happened when he shut the radio off and allowed the Lord to speak. The Lighthouse, thank you for uh, allowing me to come up here to Pastor Jeff. Thanks for uh, giving this opportunity to speak. Uh, it, was, it was just this challenge I gave to myself. Uh, I wanted to trade more time. I have a young family. I have a job, right? So each time this seemed like I'm so impacted. never have a moment to myself. I really felt like my relationship with Christ was getting stagnant. Wasn't time in the day because I was too busy, right? So, when do I do this? With work in the morning, kids all afternoon. By the time they go to bed, I need a little time to myself and look for any distraction I can find, right? Netflix and anything else. So, I decided I'm on my way to work. I'm going to shut the radio off, and I'm just going to be at peace with him and be with him. Um, I work at Huntington Beach High School. I live in Mesa Verde, so I just take Adams down uh, to school every day. And um, I, so I get on Adams, I shut the radio off, and I'm driving. And uh, distraction. I, I'm, I'm trying to be close to him. I can't. It's, it's just not there. I'm, I'm, uh, I get to about Adams, uh, Adams and Beach and Adams. And finally, is there some silence? And finally, is there an opportunity to connect with him? And as I come up that hill, if you've ever been on Adams, I come up that hill and I keep driving, and then there's First Christian Church um, right there, and it has this beautiful big cross glass, and the way the sun was lit, it was shining off this beautiful cross, and I go, wow, that's it. He's speaking to me. Great. And I drove a little further, and I got closer and closer, and I'm going, okay, Lord, come on, give it, yeah, I see the cross. Give me something more now. Give me, I, I'm, I'm a little slow. I'm not, the, you know. And all of a sudden, he puts this student of mine's face right in front of me. And I, I teach about 250 students a day, and this guy would be 249 or 250 that I would want to engage with, that I would want to really actually uh, create more of a relationship with. And so this boy's name was Luca. And he is tough as nails. He is uh, the distraction that if you're a teacher in here, he's that guy that ruins most of your classes, uh, you know. And he is, um, you know, he, he chews nails and spits rust. He's just a hard guy to be around, okay. So I go, okay, Lord, if this is what you want, okay, you know. So Luca comes to my class, and what do I do? I pull him aside. I talk to him. And we have this great loving conversation. I don't think he's really been spoken to with an arm around him and, and love. And, he, you know, we sh- we've shared uh, numerous conversations. I found out his um, grandfather, who's his male influence in his life, is passing away. It, it was, it's sick. And so we just opened up. And since that point, um, our relationship has been great. His attendance has improved. He comes to my cla- class every day with a smile on his face, puts his arm around me. What's going on, coach? You know, and it's, it's the most amazing thing. And I never would have done that if I didn't take time. Uh, the crazy thing about that cross is that I see it every day now, right? I see it every day, and I love it. And uh, the craziest thing is that it's been there as long as I've made that drive. I've driven that route, you know, 1,200 times. But it was just that one time that I looked at it that's actually, you know, changed my life. And it's been really great, though. So I think that's it. That's all you need, Pastor, right? Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that.
I, I couldn't help but when I found out, um, he, Eric mentioned to Eric about that two weeks ago. I said, I'm using that when it comes up, man. That, there's nothing better than pastors sharing you know, suggestions about what we think the Lord might help you and knowing that that's already helped somebody out. So, I mean, if turning the radio off allows you to tune in to the Lord, then that's the first one that I would suggest to you. Um, I already suggested fasting from the phone for a day, week, or a month. For some of you, that's going to require prayer just to prep yourself for that. And that's why I said because, you know, too extreme is too much. So maybe just try it for a day, for an hour, you know, and then then try it for a longer period of time. If not, uh, as Eric said, the lobotomizing of your phone simply means that you turn off all your push notifications and a lot of other things so that the phone basically becomes something that just dials in and dials out. And it stops being something that's a form of entertainment or a source of internet searching and all that. So that just kind of minimize what it can do. This third one for me um, is some, my problem. Um, I have migraines, and so I, I had to start drinking coffee in the morning. And so if I needed something else, problem in the morning, um, I like to just wake up and watch TV and kind of just wind down. And then I realize now I have to wake up and I have to have coffee and I have to have TV. So what I've been doing is just turning the TV off because there's nothing relaxing about TV, right? But I still need that coffee and stuff in the morning. So I've just been having morning coffee with the Lord. So I just try to wake up a little bit earlier. And I think it was Bill who said like six minutes. Was that you, Bill, last week who said six minutes? Okay. So what I've been doing now is I just wake up a little bit earlier and I just do this six-minute thing where I just that first cup of coffee and I just literally just sit over it for like six minutes and I just kind of smell it because coffee from my doctor helps me just kind of with migraines and different things from my kidneys it causes problems and I just chill and I've been doing it this whole week and it's been so weird because you know turn the tv and get going and what's going on and just trying to just let the morning start by just saying come on lord here am I send me right and just just putting yourself in that mindset for the morning like i don't have tomorrow why do you say you're going to go here tomorrow do this tomorrow i only have today lord what do you want to do with me today and it's already been such a dramatic change just this week just asking the lord before i do anything and you know all of a sudden i'm not as stressed about whatever's going to come on the tv because it seems like you know another person shot this person and another person ran over this person and it's just trauma and drama anyways and so before i get to that is just having that six minutes just to, to sit with the Lord and just have that breath and just take that in. It's been me. So I put morning coffee and prayer. I put in some of you can't do the phone, then maybe you can TV fast or PC fast or tablet fast, whatever your thing is that you jones for that you have to get your input. And I'm using Bill six minutes, so I'm just borrowing from everyone. Just take time. You know, if you come home from work and you're like, everyone be quiet, I need my TV. You know, maybe when you come home from work, you don't need your TV. Now you need to go outside and sit in a chair for six minutes and you just detox by saying, you know what, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for allowing me to do what you've done. Now let me be home and be here for my family. And you just take some time to just unwind and pray. You know what I'm saying? Be alone. Be, be quiet and be available for him to speak. Maybe your family needs you and you need to get rid of that and be ready for them. Just, just say no to earbuds. Millennials and young people that have found earbuds to be really exciting. I find them to be really offensive for someone who's, you know, relational. You know, earbuds just another way for you to tune in into yourself and tune everyone else out. So unless you're trying to use the earbuds for silence, just say no to earbuds and headphones and whatever because you're just shutting everyone else out. And we need to figure out to be 
make our lives about other people. The Lord wants us to be silent so we can hear what he has for other people, right? In this case, Eric, he wanted to speak to him about the last student on his list of students. You can't hear that if you're just tuned in to yourself. So just say no to earbuds or anything that would kind of tune you into yourself. I got this from Eric from his um, slow walk. So I was praying about this, and this is a stop and smell the roses literally. So like, when's the last time you use your senses? Some people think we have five senses, but I went online and, and they've done some researches. They, they think you have about nine, and some doctors say if you extend all your total senses, you have up to 20 senses, 21 senses. So what I want to encourage you to do is just get alone and find out what senses you have again and just be thankful that God has made you such a wonderful being. Touch things, smell things, and thank him as you're walking and touching and seeing all those things. Just be grateful that he's made all this stuff for us. Put yourself back in contact with your maker and be alone and be silent with him and allow him to speak. And finally, this last one was a motivation from that song. It's called In the Secret. And, uh, you know, we talk about having a prayer closet or having a place that you can go to. If you don't have a place that you can go to, I want to encourage you to create a place you can go to. Eric gave the staff um, hammocks. And uh, that's really interesting in my townhome. I don't know where I'm going to hang that, that they'll be allowing me to use that. But um, I'm going to have to find a new place to you know, hang that puppy. But I need a place that I can meet with God. And I was just wondering, do you have a place that you can prayer closet or meet with God and be alone? And if you do, um, when's the last time you kind of met with him and were alone with him? Because if you are alone with him, what you're going to find out is quiet time is not just an important part of Christian's life. It's mandatory. Like, we need it, guys. It's not just like eat your vegetables and hope that things work out. It's like back to my vegetable problem. We need it. And, and I still, I'm working on that one too, so keep me in prayer for that one. Um, drawing close means no distractions. Whatever you sneak into your quiet time and the Lord says, hey, that's not part of quiet time, remove it. Remove the distractions, whatever it is. If it's your fidget toy or whatever it is, just, just trust God that he's big enough for it. Um, if you if you can get alone, try you can bring the Bible in. You're like, oh, I'm going to bring my phone in and have it read to me. No, that probably won't work. Go old school and actually bring a Bible and try reading it. If not, copy a page from the Bible and make it large font if you can't read, and then just read it, and then maybe just continue reading that like a psalm or something like that. Maybe some of you can take up um, journaling and just allow yourself to write something down, and maybe the Lord will reveal something to you. These all sound simple, but these are time-tested things that would be good and then ultimately, if you do journal or if you do pray and you do have these alone times, a time of reflection. Allow yourself a time to then go back on there and see if the Lord has actually spoken to you and you can kind of look back on, on these whole things. I know this sounds kind of ethereal and thought, guys, but it's really absolutely bare bones essential for us. And I'm speaking to you as, as someone who's speaking to himself. This is heavy conviction for me. I am not very proficient at this. And so for the last two weeks, even as I've gone fishing and realized I, I like the noise, noise and distraction of it all, trying to find time to be alone with the Lord is crucial. And it's really easy to be busy. And a lot of people will give you a lot of attaboys and say good job for being busy because that's what our society has come to appreciate. You're busy. You're, you're doing a lot. Good job. And we really appreciate that. But I just... On behalf of a pastor and on behalf of a father and a husband and someone who's struggling with this, you know, it's okay to be okay with not knowing anything else. Just, just make peace with that. Back it all down. Slow it all down. And take a long, slow walk with your maker and see if he has something for you. See if he's trying to speak to you. And, and then go, and go see what you can do to do that. Because if he has something for you and you're not doing that, then that's part of your life that's kind of undone. 
I, I want to conclude with this uh, for the road stuff. Um, you know, when we give you the for the road, we're giving you information for the small groups to process. And I just want to encourage all the small group leaders, uh, just start by rereading that verse and just make sure you guys take time to kind of contemplate that verse because that's really the whole essence of everything. I mean, when's the last time you were just still and knew that he was God? If you just start by just thinking about that, I think that alone would be great. And if you finish with something like, if the Lord has spoken something to you, did you do it? Maybe there's something in your life that the Lord spoken to you years ago, or you do know that the Lord would have you to do, and you're just not doing it. And maybe that's the reason why you don't want quiet time now, because it just resounds again. Like, well, I know what the Lord wants me to do, and I don't want to hear it. Maybe that's the whole problem with it. It's just, you know what, just make peace with it. If the Lord wants you to do something, you know, I know the Lord would have me ask you guys to volunteer in children's church. We, we have a need in the children's ministry, and I think we're in our fourth week of asking. And I just, I always feel like from a pastor's perspective, if the church asks for volunteers, don't make us beg or plead for volunteers. When you guys see a need in the church asks for something, like Eric said, it's a clipper ship. You know what I'm saying? Don't make the clipper ship beg for somebody to work. I mean, it's, there are children, there are needs. And so when you guys see a need, Pray about it. Maybe the Lord's putting that on your heart. You know, when there's a need in the church, see what you can do to meet that need. Don't make the church wait to meet that need. Be the body. Fill the needs of the church. We, we, have, we have needs. Let's meet the needs of our church. Just like if you came to us and say, I have a need. I'm not going to make you wait four weeks if you have a need. I'm going to do what I can as quickly as possible to meet that need. Let's, let's take care of one another. Let's do what the Lord says when he says it and know that he is good, right? He's a refuge. He's a tower. He's a strong and mighty fortress is our God. I love that passage. Spend some time in Psalm 46 if you need to this week. It's just an amazing verse. And just read that and contemplate that. We used to call that Lectino Divina. Just read that scripture and just let that verse meditate and speak to you alone. It's powerful. It's God's words of saying, I am here. I am sufficient. Now be alone with me and let me tell you how much I love you and I got it all covered. I'm going to call the band and the group back up here. And if you guys uh, can appreciate today, I asked them to kind of run acoustic so that we could just be quiet, right? I don't know if you guys noticed that. I wanted you to have more quiet time. So in this response time, same thing. It's going to be kind of quiet. Eric's going to hang in the back back there. I'm going to be up front. But if the Lord's speaking anything to you today during this response time, would you just respond and just know, you know what, it's good. Don't worry about how long you've waited I mean, maybe you're here and you're a believer and the Lord's just having you want to pray about something that needs to get put in motion. If you want to come pray with one of us, that's great. Um, we've got some elders, maybe Tom and Terry, you guys can come up here. Maybe Randy and Patty, you want to go back there just so we can have some extra ones.